Hi, this is Chad Dull. Welcome to my Poverty Informed Podcast. power of loving your students um, and I've learned that that word is important. Um, Dr. Goldrick Rabb talks a lot about um, students being humans first and when I think about what we're trying to do in that perspective uh, that word love comes to mind uh, because we do things differently for people we love than we do for people we care about or like um, and we certainly do things differently for people we love than people we feel sorry for. I have almost no interest in feeling sorry for students. Um, I'm also pretty inspired. Uh, anybody who's listened to these before knows that the, my heroes down at Amarillo College talk about loving students all the time, and they talk about it unabashedly. Uh, actually, I've seen it on promotional materials all over their campus. It's pretty cool. So uh, I wanted to share this week just a little thing I wrote about a year ago uh, talking about some students at my prior college down at Western Technical College uh, and the power of uh, learning to love the students you have. So this week I'm just sharing something I wrote called Poverty Informed Practice in Higher Education, Love. This week I thought I'd write about love. Now just typing that makes my Midwestern Scandinavian soul a little uneasy because it seems a little out there. But there it is. I said it or typed it. I hear folks at Amarillo College talk about loving the students you have, and it feels powerful. I hear Dr. Lowry Hart and his team talk about loving students to success, and it sort of encapsulates what works. In my own evolution toward becoming more poverty-informed, I've called that love lots of different things. I've called it engagement when I'm feeling academic. I've called it giving a blank when I'm feeling less academic, and lots of other code words. But at the end of the day, we're talking about love. I've written before about um, what we called plowing the road and compared it to what those of us who are parents do for our children when we can. Now, our students at our colleges aren't children, but that behavior of removing obstacles, of plowing the road, should come from love. So today I want to talk about what loving the people we serve means to me. First, love means you become partners in people's dreams. That makes me think of my friend Sarah at Western and, and how I got to know her in a real way over my last couple of years there. Um, loving your students means you acknowledge they have rich, full lives and all the complications that come with those lives. I learned that Sarah had a deep, complicated story before she came to us. But more importantly, I learned that she had a huge heart and is one of the most generous people I know. Sarah works endlessly to help people who are homeless and she became my ambassador to the helping community around the homelessness issue. Without unconditional love, and yes, it still feels weird saying that, but I'm committed to the idea, I'm not sure I would have ever taken the time to see all of her gifts. And maybe the connections she made at Western on that level with Western staff are part of what propels her forward as she pursues a degree in human services. Loving the students you have means you are going to suffer a little. I've written and talked pretty extensively about my friend Emmy, a student I met while uh, hanging out at The Bowl, uh, which was simply hospitality snacks we had in, in the lobby. And because a poverty-informed practice tells us students need to be loved to success, I have become a friend and a partner in her pursuit of her dreams. 
it would be certainly easier to stay at a distance and not know. But if we are truly going to love the students we have, we need to dig in and see how we can help. Emmy's a complicated person. Uh, we have to deal with the pain that Emmy has to fight to protect her possessions, like her laptop, while she was living on the street and going to school. We have to deal with knowing her personal challenges and being relegated to only being able to offer safe space and comfort some days, including a day where um, I knew she hadn't had any rest, I had an empty classroom and let her just find a place to sleep. And I had to deal with the fact that success is hardly ever linear, and even though Emmy is doing well today, she remains in a precarious situation. Knowing these things makes us vulnerable, and being vulnerable and human is part of loving students to success. A poverty-informed evolution starts to catch on, uh, and at my prior college it started to catch on internally. Uh, if you've followed any of these stories I tell, and thank you if you have, uh, you'll remember my friend John. John's a student who was a commercial fisherman, among other things, and graduated with a high school equivalency diploma, six college credits, and admission to a precision machining program. Unfortunately, machining wasn't the best fit for John's skill set, and he struggled with parts of it, although he excelled in others. In another time, in another version of Western, that would have been the end of the story. But because of our poverty-informed work, things were different. You know, if I'm honest, at the beginning of my career, John probably wouldn't even make it to a program. But a poverty-informed college is different. In a poverty-informed college, John was surrounded by support instructors and program instructors from the Integrated Technologies Division where his program was. And they love John. He's a pretty amazing guy. So his instructors from both divisions pulled together a meeting with all of them and with John. And instead of doing a post-mortem of things he couldn't do, they looked for things he could do. And all these people who loved John and wanted him to find his dreams helped him find welding. And they will love him through the welding program. Uh, when I left Western, John was progressing uh, through welding and through his math class. So being poverty-informed is a lot of things. But one of them is love. When you love the students you have, you become a partner in their dreams. When you become a partner in their dreams, you see the barriers that must be removed. And when you start that work, you give up the comfortable distance and privilege that keeps you safe, at least emotionally. When you love the students you have, you decide that readiness is signified by the audaciously courageous act of coming to the college and telling us you want to go to school. If someone you loved told you you wanted that, how would you react? If you decide to love your students, shouldn't you react the same way? Now, my own discomfort with this concept made me want to call this article and podcast some humorous title like, Love the One You're With, or All You Need Is Love. But I fought my own instincts, and I wanted to be direct. This poverty-informed evolution has lots of pieces but it must include loving real college students for our shared dreams to come true.